Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is July 23rd, and we're coming to you straight from Akasaka, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Demansky, and joining me as always is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. So, our main headlines for the week are Keigo Oyamada quits the Olympic opening ceremony role over past bullying, Team Lab Borderless takes Guinness World Record for the most visited museum. And for our random news of the week, a Ugandan athlete ran away from the Olympic Village hoping to overstay his visa. So, our first story of the week comes from the Japan Times. Japanese musician Keigo Oyamada resigned on Monday, 19th of June, from the creative team for the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics after admitting that he bullied children with disabilities many years ago in the latest scandal rocking the already unpopular Olympic Games. The resignation of Oyamada, who is in charge of composing music, Comes just before Friday's opening ceremony after sparking an outcry on social media for his past actions, with his recent apology failing to ease the uproar online, questioning the appropriateness of his role in the Tokyo Olympics and Paralympic Games. On Monday, Oyamada said on Twitter that his acceptance of the request to be part of the team was something that lacked consideration to various people, and that he had offered his resignation to the organizing committee. The game's organizer said Oyamada's part in the ceremony, a roughly four minute composition to be played at the start, will not be used, with an alternative plan now being considered.、Uh, yeah, so this is a pretty dark story.、Um, yeah, it you is. Know, when you dig into it deep, and、mm. just another one of many scandals that have been hitting the Olympics over. Yeah, that's、weeks. right. So、uh, just yesterday, another guy who's in charge of the opening ceremony resigned. Like, You saw that one?、Mm. Like,、uh, over, like him、uh, making jokes over the Holocaust? Yeah, it was、uh, quite unfortunate. Yeah. And you, you have the, like, some ancestral like, background with、uh, uh, Jewish people, right? Well, I'm not Jewish. My granddad was Polish. So、oh, he, he was、okay. actually Catholic. But, oh, I see, I see. But you know, during the war, Polish people were you know, next door to Germany. So、yeah. they, they got treated very similarly to,、mm. to Jewish people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I have a direct connection, but no. I mean, it, you don't even need a connection to know that that's wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to like get into like specifics about the、mm. joke, you know?、Uh, and, you know, if you're interested, there are many articles out there、mm. uh, online, so you can read them. But、um, yeah, it's really hard to believe that. You know, he's the third senior member of the creative team、mm. uh, to resign in just like last one week. Yeah, it doesn't make you wonder what's wrong with these creative people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like what's wrong with creative people in yeah, Japan? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's、uh, hard to, like, you know, counter argue that. <laughs> Is it just a coincidence or、mm. they all have some kind of connection? Or? I think that's,、uh, that's kind of the question we should be asking.、Mm. And I wouldn't say all of them, but、um, I think Japanese like, sense of humor,、uh, there's one aspect that、um, we, there is a word called ijiru. Ijiru, I don't know this word. Yeah, and ijiru is, I mean, it essentially means to make、uh, fun of someone. And as you know, like、uh, Japanese people in general, like we don't really accept、um, outliers,、mm. right? 
I mean, generally, we don't really like eccentric people. Mm. I mean, I'd say like I'm I'm one of like few exceptions because I like eccentric people in <laughs> sure general.、Is. Uh, but whomever that like stands out、mm. uh, in the society. Yeah, usually like media or you know, even if you're not that famous, you know, if you kind of like stand out in a classroom, uh, you know, in school, or wherever, wherever you know, in a workplace, um, yeah, sometimes like people around you try to like make make fun of you,、mm. uh, and it's um, yeah, based on my experience both in Japan and outside Japan, um,、mm, yeah, the the way people like. Around you, like treat treat you,、mm. it's quite、um, different, you know, where it、mm. comes to that. Because I, I think, for example, like I've stayed in the, I've lived in the U.S. for a few years, and、um, there's a like societal like value in the U.S. that kind of like allow you to appreciate the uniqueness of、mm. people, right?、Uh, the difference within your friends and like you、mm. know people around you, but yeah. You know the Japanese society kind of like expect everyone to be the same,、mm. and yeah, rather than like going, uh, you know, straight up to you and like confront confront you and tell you, okay, you should change this and that. Yeah, instead, there's a like, yeah, in my opinion, it's it's a bit dark, but、mm. instead they make fun of you. Mm. Yeah, which is which is why, like, I especially find this,、uh, you know, what Oyamada guy、uh, did to his、uh, handicapped classmate, like,、mm. especially dark,、uh, because I think, like, when he was talking about what you know he did in the past when he was a student、uh, to the magazine, I think he thought it was funny. Mm. You know, he was even like bragging about、mm. all the nasty things he he's done.、Uh, but yeah, there is also yeah one one side to the Japanese culture that find that sort of thing like funny.、Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so the first guy to resign、uh, was the one you mentioned,、uh, Keigo Oyamada,、mm. who was the musical director of the opening ceremony. Uh, then the second guy was a picture book author called Nobumi.、Mm. You you saw the news about him?、Uh, what did he do? I can't remember the names, but I can't remember what. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't blame you because there, you know, just too many things happening. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. full of scandals, right? So、uh, he wrote in his、uh, book in the past that he kept a carton of milk that was provided as part of、uh, what's so called kyushoku. Yeah, yeah, it's like school lunch,、mm. right? And kept that somewhere inside the classroom, right? And then after like three months,、oh. he randomly came up with the idea of switching that carton with the the new one, yeah, that their teacher was about to like drink, <laughs> right?、Okay. And then like teacher、uh, drank it, yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, without of course noticing, yeah, yeah, yeah,、uh, yeah. and rushed to the bathroom like straight away, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know,、that's, it's a, it's a bad joke, but that seems more of like a, a a stupid kids prank. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. I don't know. I can't say that I wouldn't have done something similar to that when I was a kid.、Mm. Like that just sounds like a boy being stupid, right? Because I mean, especially、yeah. at that age, you probably wouldn't realize the the health danger of doing that to somebody. Right. right As right. an adult, you can say that's a stupid idea. I, I know, right? But that's、yeah. quite a different level to what this、mm. um, Oyamada guy did, right? 
I, I would say so. Mm. Yeah, from the fair standpoint. Mm. Um, but ironically, he was the quickest to resign after this um, oh, kind of really? like, yeah, scandal like surfaced. Because it took like several days for Oyamada to finally resign. Uh, but for yeah, this uh, picture book guy, he just like resigned immediately after this news was reported. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't hear about it um, in any like English news. Because maybe, yeah, maybe to like English, like Western Westerners, mm. it doesn't sound that severe, right? And this happened yeah. when he was a kid, right? Mm. Yeah, I, think I don't in know. Grade school. Or, if he did that, at, yeah, like at work, then everyone would just think he's an idiot. Mm. But like, if that's a kid, mm. I, you know, it's unfortunate for the teacher, mm. and mm. I don't say it's a good thing. Of course not. But, but yeah, I, but he's a kid, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just a prank. Um, mm. That seems a bit over the top. Mm. But yeah, maybe just with everything going on at the moment, any everyone's like hypersensitive, right? Yes. To any little yes. thing. <laughs> mm. Then the third guy was this uh, comedian, you know, who mm. made a joke about the Holocaust. You know, of course, that's appalling. Mm. Um, but going back a few months, uh, this March... Uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but uh, there was a lead creative director uh, resigning after he suggested a female comedian to cosplay like a pig. Oh, yeah. And call it Olympic. Yeah, yeah. Right. And a month before that, in February, uh, Mori, the former Olympics (laughs) chief, resigned after making some sexist comments. We all remember Mori, yeah. Mori, yes. (laughs) And I just saw the news this morning that the Olympics committee is now considering granting Mori a new title, some like honorary uh, uh, chairman or something. Wow. Uh, which is a bad, bad time. Yeah, right? yeah. Like that's not going to go down well, is it? That's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, while all of these are hard to believe, mm. I personally think, you know, what, what this Oyamada guy did to his uh, handicapped classmate mm. is just so, it was even like painful to read. Yeah, I mean, I wanted, to, yeah, I wanted to say the, kind of a similar thing that I just felt like, you know, I don't know or have any direct relation to any, um, you know, disabled people in my family or just in friends or anything like that. And and I I suffer none myself, but even as I read it, I, I felt like angry, like mm. physically, like I was getting angry reading it, and it was just disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not even a prank. It's you know, it's crime. Right? It, yeah, it was. All I mean, the physical violences, it was and, torture, basically. yeah, torture, basically, yeah, yeah, literal yeah exactly. Torture, yeah, yeah. And um, he what disgusted me the most you know as a father of like you mm. know two, two kids is that uh he even shared the letter that he received from the you know this handicapped classmate mm. uh with the magazine oh i didn't hear about that part yeah and that letter was something called nengajo in japanese mm. you know nengajo yeah yeah like the new year's card yes ah uh, that's it and, you know, it's part of our old tradition in Japan to, you know, exchange these cars. Mm. Um, ha- have you ever, like, wrote or got Nengajo from your friend? Um, I only get one, well, as a couple, we get one from my wife's mother. Sure, sure. Just, uh, but I, I don't send them, no. Right. But, uh, you know, it's usually portrait, right? Yeah. Not, not landscape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're supposed to uh, draw it vertically. Mm. In, in Japanese, like you can either write letters horizontally mm. or vertically, mm-hmm. and this one's vertical. Uh, but I guess his classmate couldn't draw it like straight because he's handicapped. So uh, probably his mom 
uh, draw the guidelines, yeah. you know, vertical guidelines, uh, so that he can, you know, uh, uh-huh. write them straight. And this Oyamada uh, was commenting uh, that he, he really thought it's hilarious and laughed at how dirty his drawings were. Oh my God, this guy is just like, like pure evil, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, like when I read that, I was like, okay, so yeah, you know, no, no are you? I mean, what, what why... Why was this, why did this other boy send him an Engajo? I mean, yeah, that's a fair question. Mm. But uh, think about it as a, you know, especially I actually have kids, right? And they are going to school. Mm. As a parent, uh, you, you probably know who's, who's bullying your child, right? Mm. And my guess is that uh, his mom or dad simply wanted this Oyamada guy to stop what he's doing. Oh, so it was like a peace peace offering, maybe, or a a, mm. a way to like appease him. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not sure like how how you would think, mm. but I, I think it's totally natural, mm. you know. And exchanging um, New Year's card or Nengajo is quite common. Sure, sure. So I think um, from the the letter that I read, mm-hmm. um, I could tell that the classmate has spent. A lot of like effort, mm. even like drawing a single like character. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this this guy's a monster. Mm. You know, he's a he's a complete psychopath. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. And if you have any interest to to, to you know know more about the story, uh, if you just Google his name, I'm pretty sure the the top like hundred results will come up with recent uh details on the story Mm. and you know what's worse is that you know there are people like him Mm. you know i i mean it's not perfect world so uh there are some uh evil evil people uh people with malicious intent Mm. but him you know this guy working as a senior staff member of the olympics and paralympics Mm. it's just a bad joke yeah so i thought one of the kind of the odd points of this story was that even though like you know the story came out and you know there was a lot of negative comments online about Oyamada obviously hmm. um the, the Olympic committee didn't make him resign I think so and, yeah I think that's one of the the biggest issues and their comment hmm. apparently was like they said um you know it's a uh, it was absolutely unacceptable referring to his you know his actions in the past but they decided to have him stay in his post taking into account his apology and the forthcoming games. So basically that means like, he just like, you know, did a bow and said, I'm sorry. And they were like, oh, well, the games is too soon away. So it's too inconvenient. Mm. And yeah, that is quite worrying, right? Especially like, you know, it's, it's Paralympics, you know, yes, like it's yes. the whole point of that competition is to celebrate and showcase people who are different to mm. what you consider standard, you know, person, right? Mm. And, you know, these are the kind of the best of, of those people, right? You know, mm. and they're, they're showing off that they can, they can achieve all these different things. Yeah. So to have someone like that involved in any way, I think is just completely disrespectful to, to everybody. Right. But anyway, yeah, let's, uh, let's leave that negative stuff behind and let's move on to our second story of the week. Since its opening in the summer of 2018, Team Labs Borderless in Odaiba, Tokyo has received millions of visitors from over 160 countries and regions. With its mesmerizing interactive art installations, it's no mystery as to why the museum is high up on the list of places to see for tourists and locals alike. Within its first year of opening, Borderless was easily one of the most visited attractions in Japan. 
However, a newly awarded certificate from Guinness World Records officially makes it the most visited museum dedicated to a single group or artist in the world. This achievement was awarded based on the number of people visiting the museum between January 1st and December 31st, 2019, with a record total of 2,198,284 visitors. Team Lab Bordler surpassed the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, which recorded 2,134,778 visitors in the same year, as well as Barcelona's Picasso Museum with 1,072,887 visitors. Anyone that's been to Tokyo in the last couple of years, I'm pretty sure, well, maybe the last three years, uh, it's almost impossible that you haven't heard of the Team Lab Bordler exhibit, mm, right? Right. Um, so this doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great news. Mm. Mm, I was kind of, you know, desperate for a positive news story like this because, <laughs> you know, almost everything related to the Olympics these days are negative, right? Yeah, it's not been an easy few weeks, has it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think you said you've also visited the borderless, of course. Yeah, I went, um, it wasn't the, the opening day, but it was in like the first week, so 2018. Oh, when wow. it opened. I oh. think it was like July or August. I can't remember exactly, mm, but okay. it was really cool though, yeah. Mm, yeah, so I also visited there with my family almost two years ago. Mm. It looks really nice and, I mean, especially on the camera, I would mm. say. You took some pictures, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually made a, I made a video about it. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. yeah, like on my like just personal YouTube channel. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reason I went was just to film it because I thought it looked cool like, mm. on video. But I mean... When I was there, actually, I spent a lot more time than maybe someone would usually because I, I was filming it, but I kept like stopping to just kind of like appreciate it, mm. you know, without my camera and just kind of sure. like see it with my eyes, right? So mm. it was a really cool experience, I think, and yeah. def- definitely worth seeing, mm. um, you know. But um, it's it's weird that this is a story now because I just saw, and I don't know if you saw this already, but apparently it's actually going to be closing down this year. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's going to be reopening, mm. so it's it's not really a bad story at all. Yeah, and based on the the news report, uh, it's said that they'll be reopening somewhere more uh, in the more like central part of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've decided the location yet. Um, I mean, they haven't disclosed the location, but they did say like somewhere more accessible. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because Adobe is a bit oh, tricky to get to, depending on where you're coming from. Mm. Um, but sorry, it, it's actually it says. Uh, August 31st, 2022 mm. is the last day that it'll be open. Mm. So given, you know, maybe like how things go with like the vaccine and stuff, you know, if you're coming to Japan next year before August or before yeah, the end of August, then you should be able to go still. But mm. yeah, don't, don't worry too much. They'll, re- they'll relocate it and reopen it in 2023. Yeah. Uh, but they haven't, yeah, they haven't disclosed the, the date either as mm. well as the, um, the location. Mm. But from what it sounds like, it will just be the same the same thing. They might add some stuff or change the layout maybe, mm. but uh, yeah, don't worry. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't know until recently, but um, I heard that many celebrities from abroad mm-hmm. have privately visited the museum too. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. such as like Elon Musk, uh, Brian May, and Bono from U- U2. Mm-hmm. And many others. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the, the article we were looking at for the uh, the announcement of the, uh, the record has mm. got a picture of Will Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he looks cool everywhere. He's just because he's, he, he's Will Smith, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But he looks cool in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, for those of you who still haven't seen it, but um, we made a video on Team Lab's uh, new exhibition in Roppongi. Mm-hmm. It's called the Digital Art Sauna. 
and it's available on our Japango YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we managed to film the place as a press before it becomes available to the public a few mm-hmm. months ago and had a great time there, right? Yeah, it was really cool. Very unique experience. Mm. Very kind of trippy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like based on this like kind of meditative, mm. like trance sauna experience right yeah so they call it sauna trance yeah yeah um can you explain how it works uh yeah it's kind of weird so like you go into like the first sauna actually first off you have like six different seven different rooms yeah and all the saunas are different temperatures and different levels of humidity so you can choose what matches your preference yeah different color and different aromas aromas as well yeah yeah Mm. um and maybe even different music playing in each one it's all very like custom right yeah um so you you go in whichever one you stay in there for what's the recommended time like 12 minutes or something like that yeah around 10 minutes 10 15 Mm. i think Mm. each room actually has a different time depending on the temperature true true but anyway you you go in the sauna and then you go immediately to like a an ice cold shower Mm. And you have to stand in that for one minute, mm. right? Almost, yeah. And it's just ho- like the first time; it's horrible, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just like like just rapid like cooling of your body, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but then you're supposed to do this cycle, and then after you cool down, you go into one of these art like art rooms, and mm. you just sit for like five minutes in front of one of these like kind of trippy like you know digital di- art, digital arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one I really like the most was like the floating ball because oh yeah, it's like, this, it's, mm. it's like this glowing. Like, it's like a giant beach ball, mm. but the room is like pitch black. So you can't mm. see like the floor. So it's just like a ball like floating in space. Yes. It's really trippy, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And uh, we interviewed the head of the PR department of Team Lab. Mm. And uh, he, what was his name? Uh, Takashi? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, asked some questions about the, the concept behind it. Yeah. And I remember Takashi-san telling me that uh, what's unique about Team Lab is that it's focused on combining the digital world and the, the you know, real world, mm-hmm. you know, physical world. He said that there are many artists out there that are focused on either one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, like drawing a picture or creating a game mm. is, you know, that that's digital, mm. right? Uh, but yeah, it's quite rare to see an artist that's trying to, you know, like not just doing both, but like combining them. Mm. So I think that's the basic concept behind the, the borderless too. Mm. But for this uh, latest digital arsana, they, they also try to like optimize your uh, perception mm. as well. By letting you enter the sauna trance mode, mm. um, you can, it's hard to explain, but you can like more appreciate the, the digital art, basically. Yeah, it's like um, you kind of lose all your other thoughts. Yes. You know, you just kind of isolate your, your focus. Mm. And when you're sat in front of the, the art, when it's moving, mm. you just, yeah, all of your other like kind of worries and stuff, they just kind of disappear. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think that's uh, one like accurate, you know, description of like the uh, w- what happens to you when mm. you're in the, the sauna trance. <laughs> it was really cool, mm. um, and actually, yeah, my my wife went. Um, she took a friend. Um, oh, she did. Yeah, and she said it was really. She really. She loves like on sauna. So. Oh, okay. She's, she's been, right. Actually, I think she went twice with her for the same friend. Oh, did she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She oh, really okay. I'm I'm happy to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said the same thing. She said it was kind of like you know very like spacey you know when you just like uh, yeah, once yeah. you've gone in a few times you know like you start to just lose like 
your perception of reality almost <laughs> like, oh, okay. in, a, in a good way right okay yeah that's yeah. uh that's nice to hear because yeah i really like the the whole setting mm-hmm. uh it's very clean right mm-hmm. and kind of like fashionable too yeah it's very fashionable yeah, yeah. Cool, right? and certain like saunas in japan are quite how do you say not as clean as uh theirs sure sure yeah and only i'd say like uh so, some like middle-aged man who would want to go to <laughs> and you barely like find you know females right right, right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so but actually i mean one just thing worth mentioning for our female listeners is that this place actually has two woman only rooms oh yeah they do so yeah. the other five rooms are like mixed gender but if you were worried about that kind of thing then yeah they do have like women only so a little bit easier to just kind of sit back and relax. Mm. Talking about Team Labs exhibition, we're uh, going to Kyoto next month mm. uh, to film their uh, latest exhibition at the World Heritage Site called Shimogamo Shrine. Mm. I don't think I've ever been to this shrine, but uh, apparently it's, you know, famous. Yeah, I think I have. I think I told you before, right? my, my wife and I are planning to have our wedding in Kyoto. Mm. And we found a shrine already. It's not this shrine, it's a different shrine. But uh, like two years ago, we, we went to Kyoto a couple of days. And we basically just spent two days going to like 20 different shrines like, mm. all over the city. And uh, yeah, shi- Shimogamo, right? That's mm. like down, like Shimo and then like duck, right? Gamo. Yeah. Yeah, like, I th- I'm pretty sure I've been there. And it's really cool. It's very like fancy. Wow. Yeah, and especially this one, I was quite like impressed uh by the announcement mm-hmm. uh because you know, it's a world heritage and you know, such shrine with a long history in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually they are more uh conservative, right? Mm-hmm. And I never imagined they would um, you know, allow digital art to be you know, place and, mm. you know, I didn't think they were so open to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for but, sure. um, it looks really nice in uh, pictures. Mm. And uh, fortunately, uh, again, we were allowed to film the place before the official opening, mm. uh, in August. So, yeah, if you guys are interested, um, you know, come back to our YouTube channel in a few weeks' time. I think we will be able to release it by mid August. Probably something like that, yeah, yeah. Mm. But just, uh, yeah, just just subscribe to the channel and, uh, yeah, you'll see the updates when they come through. Yeah, just subscribe. <laughs> just, just do that. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to our random news of the week. A Ugandan athlete who took part in the pre-Olympic training camp in Western Japan has gone missing, leaving a note to the effect of, I want to work in Japan. It was said on local officials on Friday, with police now conducting a search in a case that may raise further questions about the safety of the Games to be held amid the coronavirus pandemic. The athlete, Julia Sekitileko, a 20-year-old weightlifter staying in Izumi Sano, Osaka Prefecture, was said to have taken a bullet train to Nagoya around 200 kilometers away. It was said that he was not at his hotel when an Olympic official attempted to receive his sample for coronavirus testing at around noon on Friday. They also said that he was last seen around 12.30am by a teammate. I don't really know what to say about this story. <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Do you feel a little sorry for the guy uh, if he mm. felt that he had to run away like that? Um, mm, a little bit. Like, I can sympathize with his uh, situation, mm. where he's coming from. But at the same time, like, l- looking at what he did after he was caught, mm. um, he didn't say anything on the camera, mm. but instead he let uh, the embassy people speak. Mm. 
And I just thought like that's kind of a like missed opportunity mm. because uh, if he could say something on the camera and you know explain how desperate he was or mm. the situation of his home country, then you know that could kind of like lead to more like bigger sympathy mm. amongst the Japanese people mm. because we never get to hear anything from the the you know uh, local like people uh, people from Uganda. Mm. So, but yeah, instead, like the, there were like camera, like all over the place. And like, you know, they were like following, um, uh, him, mm. uh, even at the, uh, Narita airport, but yeah, he didn't say anything. So mm. <laughs> yeah, I can't like fully like sympathize with him personally. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the correct way to go about <laughs> such an endeavor yeah. i can't imagine he really thought that was going to work mm. you know um and also talking about the missed opportunity like he didn't even like participate in the competition yeah right like if if i were him like i would just you know attend the participate in the game and then you know regardless of the outcome may- maybe i'll just uh try to stay <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't I heard that he he was here as like kind of a you know doing some like preliminary like training and stuff, but then he wasn't like picked for the res- he wasn't picked for the team. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah. So like uh, um, you know, if, and that, this happens to people in from all the countries, right? You know, more people come than is required, and then uh, and then maybe okay. at the last minute, not everybody comes onto the team, whatever. And because of the current situation, I think usually they would just stay for the whole duration, right? Mm. But because they're trying to limit the people to like absolutely necessary. If you don't make the final cut, then you have to go home. So that's why like, I think his flight was due to leave on like the 20th or the 21st. Oh, and then he okay. ran away the day before. Oh. Cause he knew he would have to leave the country. Oh wait, but I, I don't think he ran away the day before because uh, I saw somewhere that he was running for uh, more than full five days. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting... Maybe that's when it was reported that he was missing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's... um, Yeah, I think details on this story, they're all a bit over the place because it seems to be like a lot of people just reporting... Yeah. Like, from their opinion, right? But no one's mm. actually spoke to this guy mm. directly, except for him mm. saying, like, I want to live in Japan or I want to work in Japan. Yeah, indirectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit, bit tricky, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, as you mentioned, you know... You, you just talked about the legitimate like process of like entering or living in Japan mm-hmm. as a foreigner, right? And I think you know you know more than I do in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not uh, it's not easy, um, but I can tell you for hundred percent sure that this is not the correct way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless he was like he was running to the uh, the immigration office in Nagoya for mm-hmm. some reason. Uh, I don't think if, so. if you've ever been to the one in Tokyo, you would know it's the worst place on earth. Mm. So maybe he was just like, no, I can't, I can't go there. I'll go to a different one. <laughs> well, uh, from what I saw on the news, he went to maybe, yeah, took a train to the Nagoya station. And then there was a friend uh, mm. from Uganda that was helping him to, you know, drive from there. Uh, okay. And yeah, he went to, he stayed, I don't know, a day or two in his like friend's house. Mm. That's about an hour away from the Nagoya station. Oh, I see. And then police went there, but they couldn't find him. And then he was hiding like, you know, in like someone else's house. (laughs) And yeah, that's why it took uh, quite long. Uh, I didn't didn't hear that detail of the story, but Mm. that makes sense. Because I was thinking the whole time, like, that's quite brave just to like run away in a country the way like you don't speak the language, you don't know Mm. anybody. 
So I guess his friend lives in Japan, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that mm. makes more sense. Because, mm. yeah, you couldn't do that without any connection, right? <laughs> right. But, yeah, you can't keep running away from the Japanese police, mm. you know. You know, they're one of the best in the world. They'll get you, yeah. <laughs> They'll get you, yeah. I wonder what will happen to his friends. Do you think you'll face any... Like repercussions for I don't think so because uh this time uh luckily for him he wasn't arrested you know mm. he was just caught but it didn't mean he was arrested so he will not be oh, like okay. you know press any charges uh he's just like peacefully sent back to the- like a naughty child just yes. Like- <laughs> <laughs> just uh yeah time to go home. home come on yeah go home yeah yeah so We've had so many stories about the Olympics, um, but we've just got one more really stupid story, which it's kind of been like spread across the internet as fake news, right? Mm. <laughs> um, but it, it's been coming out that um, the athletes have been given these anti-sex beds <laughs> to, uh, you know, stop them trying to <laughs> fornicate um, instead of focusing on their, their task as an athlete. <laughs> yeah. You've seen some pictures of the, the beds, right? Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah, they were shown off um, uh, in like late 2019 mm. when the first press kind of when the first round of press went into the Olympic village, you know, for the first time it was revealed mm. and this was before the pandemic. Right. Right. And, you know, they were showing off like the, the building is made of like, apparently it's made of like recycled wood from like Fukushima, you know, mm. as to like, you know, make the most of like a disaster and stuff. And, right. and every aspect of the building is like reusable or recyclable. Mm. So they were quite proud of these like, uh, cardboard beds basically mm-hmm. um but apparently they can hold up to like 200 kilos yeah that's what i thought which is pretty yeah. crazy right? yeah <laughs> and um i know as a matter of fact that uh the maker of this mattress mm. is quite good mm. uh i've used it a few times myself called air weave right? air weave mm. yeah and they're not cheap you know mm. uh some of them can cost up to like two thousand dollars or more wow uh, yeah, just one piece of mattress. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, not not for a cardboard bed. For a- <laughs> oh, so the thing is that uh, what they're trying to prove, uh, from what I understand, is that even if you place those mattress on a bed that's made of cardboard, mm. because the mattress is so effective that you would uh, have a good sleeping experience. Oh, yeah. Like the frame doesn't matter, basically. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see, I see. And the idea is that the frame is reusable, too. Mm. So I think... Yeah, the the idea behind it is uh quite good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hear the the bed is made of cardboard, yeah, and if you see the visuals, it doesn't look very fancy or mm. sophisticated, but um, yeah, because I've I've used the mattress before, mm. I I know that it can work. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely kind of a, one of those stories that the international press have. You know, just they're just labeling with that kind of like wacky Japan label, hmm. right? It's just like, yeah. oh, Japan, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and with all the things going on today, it's like kind of like hard to like counter argue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so many, you know, cra- other crazy things. Exactly right. But I also find it hard to believe that that was the intention. You know, after like, you know, a month ago, it was announced that 160,000 condoms will be handed out to athletes. Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I like, saw that too. Th- those those two stories don't make sense, right? Yeah. You either want them to have no sex or a lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or sex, but not on the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's been a lot of jokes online. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, you know, people saying like, you know, most of these athletes, um, 
you know, they're, they're strong enough. They, they don't need a, they don't need a bed to have sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was implying, essentially. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, there was one video of, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but there was an Irish um, gymnast, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's, this video went viral. Um, so yeah, I'll just play the clip for you and you can hear what he has to say on the matter. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. Yeah, yeah, I like this That's guy. That's the best accent you could possibly mm, shout that phrase mm. in. That's hilarious. Um, and look at like how high he's jumping. Yeah, like, this guy, I mean, he, he's... I don't know how big he is, but he's, he's quite muscly. Obviously, he's, a, he's an Olympic yeah. athlete, and he's just mm. yeah, he's jumping quite forcefully on the mm, beds. Forcefully, yeah. So uh, yeah, this this can't be the reason that this Ugandan guy ran away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least, yeah. I don't think he was that dissatisfied with the beds. Mm, <laughs> hope not. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just uh, a bit of whirlwind of emotions and crazy stories. This uh, leading up to this event, uh, we're finally here after a year of postponement scandals, people leaving, events changing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the opening ceremony will begin uh, tonight at 8 p.m. Mm. Um, so you'll be listening to this episode uh, the day after. Mm. So you will have already seen it probably by then. Um, yeah, and then, you know, for anyone that's into sports, you've got six weeks of uh, Olympic Games to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Julian coming to you live from the editing room. Unfortunately, we suffered a technical glitch and lost the word of the week section for this episode. So as much as it pains me to say, you'll have to wait until next time to enjoy some absolutely baffling Japanese. Also, there's a chance that we may be unable to record next week's show due to our filming schedule for YouTube. So make sure to check in anyway at the usual time on Saturday. But if there is no new episode, then don't worry, we'll see you again the week after. So thanks for listening and as always, Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you again in the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.